Welcome back to Recovering From Everything, a podcast for everyone who has ever had anything happen to them ever, including literally everything at the exact same time. Let's go. I have been MIA. I know this. It weighs heavily on me. I think every single day I need to record a podcast. I need to record a podcast. The tricky thing was... I normally like to record a podcast on one topic, just be super specific, flush out the details as best I can in half an hour, whatever. There hasn't been one specific thing that I've wanted to sort of uncover in the last few weeks. There has been 300 things though that I've kind of been juggling at any given moment of the day. So this morning I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do a podcast about recovering from everything. And I want to say I I don't know if I'm in a recovery portion yet. I think I'm in the middle, maybe nearing the end because I... I do feel a little bit less weighed down by the sort of darker feelings, guilt, shame, worry, even overwhelm. I I don't feel as weighed down by those right now today. So maybe I'm on the tail end and I can get into like the recovery portion. But have you guys seen that movie, Everything, Everywhere, all at once, I think it's called. It won a million Oscars. It won like every single Oscar. Anyways, I watched it. It was really great. But that's kind of how I feel right now. How like every single alternate reality has kind of intersected right now into this reality that this version of me is experiencing. And 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 it, it's it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle. You guys, it's a lot to juggle and maybe this podcast will help. I'll, you know, get some of it out. I'll get some perspective. The podcast has always been helpful for me to sort of sort through things. And I thank you for listening and for your patience as I sort of stumble my way through things that are, you know, personal to me. But I think that's what I'm going to do today, if that makes any sense. If I lose some listeners, I don't blame you. Okay, I made a little list. I'm pretty sure it's a short list. And I'm going to open with my romantic relationship, which, you guys, is so freaking lovely. It's so lovely. This man loves me so much. And I really do feel very lucky to have him and... And I really, really love the way our relationship is sort of unfolding. This new version of it where we're both sort of settled into its permanence. What has been difficult for me though is separating the past from the present. So I don't know if you remember, but when when we were kind of working through things and talking about getting back together. One of the hardest things for me was I had spent three months, 
three months and one week working on myself and how I showed up in relationships and doing all that inner work on me. So I hadn't really had a chance to, because I didn't think I needed to, to forgive or to even like articulate and work through a lot of the stuff that I was feeling about my partner at the time in those three years. So the first month when he and I were back together, it was like, that was really, really difficult for me. And I mean, probably for him too, though he would never admit it, but I was really focused on some of the, you know, behaviors and just kind of like patterns that we had fallen into that I really didn't want to like replicate this time around. So that kind of like leveled out and that's great. Like I did end up working through a bunch of that stuff, but things still pop up from time to time. Things that make me feel very insecure, sort of like unsteady. And and I found that I am reverting back to my old ways of either not saying anything in the moment and holding on to it and then like flipping out later or things pop up sort of spontaneously and I just internally flip out about it. So that's some of like the past ways of thinking and past behaviors that like I personally don't want to have in my life anymore and I'm pretty sure it's not super fun for my partner to experience that with me either because it is very much past stuff. So I'd given myself some homework because I really, I kind of wanted to figure out how to like argue better. My partner's like, oh, I I don't really want to argue at all. And I'm like, okay, well, you're dating me. So that's not really possible. So I'm going to figure out a better way to uh, argue for me because I would like to be a little bit more comfortable. And one of the one of the things is to, I made like a list of two things that I want to do better. And, and one of them is figure out, is this a past thing? Or is this actually a reality in the present? Because I don't want to keep dragging the past into today. Today, things are very, very different. So I have to notice when I'm triggered, which is actually very easy for me because out of nowhere, my blood starts boiling or some form of other physical reaction. That's, that's how it goes for me. My body reacts one way based on the way that it's reacted in the past and based on, you know, historical things that have happened. And then my brain has to make up a story to make sense of my physical reaction. This is my experience. This is, this is how I figured out that it plays out for me. So if I'm feeling very anxious about something, that's a physical response. I feel tense. I feel short of breath. I feel like, um, like I need to like hyper focus on something and, and when I when I play into that, my body's like, okay, well, we're we're gonna need to fucking do some explaining here. 
let's make up a story that makes sense to explain our physical anxious reaction and make sure it has a lot of details and make sure there is no alternate explanation. Like it's, it's really focused. Anyways, I don't want to do that. So, um, as someone who is committed to a relentless evolution of self, um, I've been trying to, trying to practice that just solo, just like, just on my own. Um, and I'll loop in my partner and say like, oh my gosh, like I was, I like felt so triggered just now or whatever. And off I go to do a little bit of work on myself. Um, because I did have one like sort of louder flip out and he's so patient and he's just like, he's just so freaking patient. Um, but I did, I had like a loud flip out and I, like, I don't want that like at all. Like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to have to deal with the guilt and the shame of being loud to my loved ones. But on the flip side, I also have to show myself a bit of compassion because there is a version of me that is very hurt and she feels unheard and unseen and I've got to, I've got to take care of her. So being like really compassionate with myself after, you know, and not like, uh, they had it coming, but like, Hey, here's, here's like the stuff that you did that sort of led me down this path of emotional destruction. And like, if you could maybe do that a little bit differently in the future, that would, that would be cool for me and for us. Right. It's not always all me anyways. So while it's been lovely, that has been something that I've been navigating. Okay, my adorable and lovely relationship aside, my family, my parents, my sister, my niece and nephew, my brother-in-law, um, thank God my uncle does not require frequent communication. It's really lovely and I love him for it. We talk possibly twice a year and uh, I I love that for us. I love I love my uncle so much. Yeah, it's been uh, an ongoing thing. Uh, my dad is doing super well. His, you know, below the knee leg was amputated. He's in like a rehab now doing physio. He'll be fitted for a prosthetic. It's like he's actually doing super, super well. And I was in town last weekend to see him. I took my daughter down and it was it was a really, really great visit. On top of all of that is the constant emotional pressure that it it might be just me putting it on myself, honestly, to stay in contact with everyone in my family. Um, Our group chat has has slowed down, thank goodness, um, because I just have this thing where I really don't like to be distracted texts, phone calls, whatever. I don't like to be distracted. I like to focus on one thing if I can. And a lot of times that's, that's all I can handle. And if there's like more than one thing, um, I, I just like break down. So I should also like asterisk this as like the one thing could usually be a bunch of things that are related. So, you know, three things, five things, they're all sort of 
they're all sort of related, right? Like for example, if I'm like cleaning or something, I can do like a vacuum and a, and like a dishes and like a laundry situation like at the same time. But if someone throws in like, you know, I'm, I'm stopping by, like it's over for me mentally. Like I, like I can't handle it. So being involved in like a group chat, uh, with my family, with all these like, you know, sort of like notable topics while lovely to stay in touch with my fam jam has been a lot. So that's slowed down a little bit. So that's been nice, but it's been replaced with feelings of it's like, it's like crickets and I'm like, everyone's too quiet. And, and should I be doing more here? Should I be calling and checking up on like my mom or like my sister? Like, I think my sister's fine. I honestly have absolutely no idea. I'm pretty sure my mom is like generally okay, but I know she was having a really hard time. Should I be checking up on my mom more? And then I have to remind myself, no, I am, I am not the parent. I am not the therapist for her. And, and then trying to find that balance between like checking in to be like, Hey, how are you? How was your week? Versus how are you doing everything? And then really being very curious about how she is doing, but not wanting to, um, open that door or cross that boundary that I've set to not be a support person for her. You know, like it's a lot, it's a lot, you guys, but I think everyone is happy and healthy. My dad does not require a lot of communication, which I am super grateful for. Uh, like I FaceTimed him yesterday. Motherfucker didn't even FaceTime me back, which is fine. Um, I like that sort of level of relaxation. Although a part of me is like, is he mad at me? You know, my poor brain, you guys, my poor brain. Okay. On to the next thing. My business is going super well. A lot of people have put a lot of trust in me and a lot of my clients end up referring their family members to me. And honestly, that is like the biggest honor. And it's also been interesting because at this moment, I don't have any substance use clients, which I really actually am enjoying this whatever is happening right now. So it's mostly, I mean, all, all of my clients right now are like kind of like life coaching, which is really cool. So I'm doing a lot of work and just like acknowledging, you know, digging deep and figuring out what it is that, you know, you want and what your goals are and really sticking close to home, which is just like you and and your needs and being okay with that, which is so fucking ironic because (laughs) the more and more things that sort of pile onto the plate of my brain, I really, really have to exercise that. And it is like a mental exercise for me to be like, this is okay. Everything that I'm doing right now for myself is okay. And you know, some of it is temporary and that's okay. And it is what it is. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems. So it's, it's funny to me when my life sort of 
the themes in my life sort of parallel what's happening with with my clients because that is like the majority of the work that I do is being like okay let's like what do you want and like how do we reach that goal I mean just like a coach right just being like okay let's let's just reach the goal let's reach the I don't know any sports terminology uh let's reach the end zone is that a thing anyway put the ball through the basket. Let's hit a homer with these goals. This is painful. Anyways, I really, really, really love having just life coaching people right now. It's it's a super fun, fun change. Um, and I do have a lot of clients right now. And so there's a lot of juggling with schedules. And I hate to even complain because honestly, I control my schedule and so I make sure that I I cap at no more than two or three clients a day, which means I'm only working for like max three hours a day. And I say that, but that's not fucking true. That's not fucking true because I take time before my sessions to prep and to figure out the direction and I'm actually usually doing this the day before or two days before and I like I think about my clients a lot not in a I'm worried about them way but in an exciting sort of like it is exciting to me. It it does bring me a lot of like joy and I'm like amped to work with these people and be like, okay, which which directions are we going to go to ensure that this person holds on to their goal and and doesn't let it go, you know? And that's fun. But that's also a lot. That's also a lot. So as you may or may not know, I I am a person that really values and sort of has to schedule in solitude, right? I identify as an introvert. I'm good with giving energy out, but then I need to schedule time to replenish my energy, to refill my cup. And so if there's a lot of energy out, if I'm talking to a lot of people during the day, I have to schedule time for just Kinga. And that has meant that I haven't seen some of my friends in a long time. Not even see them. I haven't even like talked to a lot of my friends. And I've, you know, I've done the, I've just, I don't have the bandwidth for this. And like, there's a lot happening right now. And, you know, I love you and I'll talk to you when I talk to you. But that has been sort of this like unexpected consequence right now. I've found that I only have the bandwidth right now for certain friends. And I feel like such a piece of shit even saying that out loud, but that is the honest to goodness truth. I can't articulate why really, but there are a couple of friends that I'm good to open the door for, you know, literally or figuratively. And then there are friends that I just, I can't. And I can't really describe it any other way besides like, I just can't right now. And I have been plagued by the shoulds, the I should reach out, I should make plans. But instead, what I've been doing is just saying, Thanks for giving me space. 
the friends that get it, get it. The friends that don't, that's just not really my problem, I guess, to put it really coldly, sort of. I, I do feel cold saying that, but yeah, I, I, I really have been struggling with feeling like just being a shitty friend and really questioning the way that I show up in my friendships and feeling really unaligned with some people and and what that says about me and just uh, all of the thoughts circulating there, the sort of like darker, heavier ones, and then being in a place of acceptance and feeling really heard by some of the friends that are like, take your space. Like, it's good. Like, you just, you let me know. And, and that's been really nice to kind of offset me feeling like a shitty friend. And as you know, cause I've, I've done a bunch of episodes on just friendships. I've lost a lot of friends in the last year, especially, I feel like, you know, half of my thoughts on friendship are, am I just like a shitty person to be friends with? Like, is it shitty to be friends with me? Cause I know I have toxic qualities and I, and I know that I, I stay in toxic friendships for long and then, you know, and I, and I become really toxic and I have my part where I'm like really resentful and like critical and like, it's probably not super fun to be around me. And like, I, I know that about myself, but I'm like trying to analyze like my part in these. And there's some people I think that, did anyone see that TikTok video where that, it was like a TikTok therapist and she was kind of giving you the vocabulary on how to end a friendship. And she said the cheesiest thing, but as cheesy as it is, it actually kind of kind of landed. Like our, she said, our season of friendship is over, like something to that effect. And, and I feel like some of these friendships, the season is over, you know? And maybe it's because I'm a shitty person. It, I mean, that could be why, but I also think that that's not why. And I also think that honestly, honestly, I think part of it is like I'm changing right now and I'm having a transformation. And uh, as I do, you know, every every few months, um, so fun. And I think I've got to sort of get more comfortable with the fact that I'm changing and whatever that means for friendships that I've had in the past, I have to be okay with because whatever version of me is like coming out of its little fucking cocoon right now is, is a future version of me. And, and if I'm going to look and feel different, then there's going to be things in my life that look and feel different. And I, and I, that that may just sort of be the overarching explanation to to everything and i i got to be okay with that i got to get more comfortable with that if i'm going to be different then things in my life are also going to be different they're going to look different they're going to feel different they they might not make sense to move forward with me or if they do move forward with me it has to you know it's going to be in a different capacity and Again, you guys, acceptance. <laughs> it's shit ain't easy. Shit ain't easy. Anyway, another major thing that 
I didn't really think it was going to be so major. I mean, I kind of did, but maybe it's not. And maybe I'm actually just, maybe this is being included because it's a thing that's happening, but it's actually not having such a major effect on me as maybe I think it is. But I, last year when I had my, uh, I mean, what else can I call it besides like a nervous breakdown? And when I, you know, I quit my job, I was really burnt out from work. I was having panic attacks all the time, crying all the time. And I went on a stress leave and then I ended up quitting my job and like going full force in my business. Best decision ever. But at the time, for about eight weeks, I I could not get off the couch. And anyways, I my doctor was like, let's try these antidepressants. They'll help with your anxiety. I stayed on a pretty low dosage, but I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to give this a year and, and see how things go. So it's been a year. The context of my life is very, very different. So I thought, all right, it's time to start tapering off my antidepressants. Again, I'm not on a high dosage. I'm only on 10 milligrams. It's nothing crazy. But as I started to look into how to taper off these things, it was like, oh no, you need to do this really slowly. And even if you do it really slowly, it's going to have an effect on you. So, you know, be prepared kind of thing. So my doctor, um, the taper plan that she came up with was, it. she was saying that it was slow and sort of gentle, but to me it sounded aggressive. <laughs> so I, um, you know, I was on 10 milligrams. She was like, okay, let's switch you to five. We'll do five milligrams for a month every day. And then after that month, we're going to do five milligrams every other day. And I was like, this sounds terrifying. So, um, and I don't recommend anyone do this, but I was like, I'm actually going to start with uh, 7.5. And the reason I don't recommend anyone do this is because I got my taper plan from my doctor. I looked at it and I was like, oh no, I'm actually very uncomfortable with this. I'm going to just come up with my own taper plan. So what I've been doing is, or what I had been doing was I did, uh, instead of going from 10 down to five, I magically cut all my pills into 7.5s. So three quarter pills. And I did 7.5 for about a month. And then now I'm on the fives. I'm going to do five for about a month. Then I'm going to cut all those little fuckers into uh, quarters and do uh, 2.5 for a little bit and then do 2.5 every other day. Anyways, again, loop your doctors in people. My doctor's on vacation right now. And I just like, it's almost like impossible to get a hold of her. And there's like a whole like, anyways, it's I have all these excuses, but basically I took matters into my own hands, sort of, and was like, yeah, you know, (laughs) your plan is cool, but have you seen my plan? So I'm tapering, the point is, I'm tapering off my antidepressants and I'm pretty sure it's showing up in these like, these little ways for me Um, because my body at any given point of the day, uh, you know, for the first couple of weeks that I transition into like a lower dose is in slight withdrawals. And, and, you know, it's not full-blown withdrawals because I'm not going cold turkey because then, you know, I would be suicidal and homicidal. But um, I am in slight withdrawals for a couple of weeks here and there. And um, again, when, just like I said at the beginning, when I'm having some sort of physical reaction I need to come up with an explanation. And my explanations 
have sort of been all over the place. But physically, I have been um, tired, uh, slightly anxious, um, fighting off these kind of like intrusive thoughts. Uh, Sometimes I win, sometimes I don't. And that just is what it is right now. It is what it is. Okay. I'm just, I'm doing, I have to remind myself, like I'm doing a uh, major physical change to my brain chemistry. And uh, I need to be accepting of whatever is happening right now and be very, very patient and kind with myself and with others. But that's another thing. That's another thing that has been on the plate of my brain. And then of course, you know, there's just like home stuff. Like my dishes feel like they're fucking never ending. My laundry is never ending. You know, vacuuming. Oh, the baseboards have dust on them. Like, and then I just like stare at the dust on the baseboards for like weeks. And I'm like, yep, it just is what it is right now. Like it just is like all the daily stuff. Like I don't understand how the dishes are fucking never ending. Oh my God. Like, like I am one and a half people really like, how do we go through so many dishes? Why am I always looking at a pile of dishes in my sink? I don't understand it. And I don't, I used to love doing dishes. You guys, like I actually was like, okay, like, let's go. This is like a meditative state. Like it's, you know, five or 10 minutes of my day where I'm just standing there just only doing one thing. And now I'm like, I would rather fucking die than than wash my dishes. Like it's just noticing this difference has been hard on me. And then like noticing the dishes that are never ending in my sink has also been very, very difficult. Anyways, I hope like And this is honestly the short list, like the short list actually of of things that like fly in and out of my head all day. I've also noticed upon reflection, because I knew that I was going to be recording this podcast, I have had to reflect, right? Because the point of this podcast is how are we like recovering from this stuff, right? It's not just I'm I don't like recording podcasts where it's just like, okay, here's the problem and there's like no real solution. So Kinga, what's the fucking solution here? So upon reflection, I have found that there are things that bring me joy and I have been really like, not, I don't want to say craving, but I've been injecting those into my day. For example, I'm going to New York City in a few days for the 50th anniversary of hip hop and that's like a whole weekend and my best friend is meeting me down there and we're doing kind of like a yay, we're also turning 40 and hip hop's turning 50 kind of thing. So we got like a you know, a couple of things planned there and like I've just been throwing myself into like, okay, like let's make a playlist and who is playing and what's there to do and like really kind of throwing myself into like the things that I like to do. So we're going to see this like really, really big hip hop show. I really want to go roller skating. I found a place in Harlem that has roller skating and it's like really inexpensive. I booked a cold plunge for myself. Um, I'm staying in the Bronx. So I've been like reading up about South Bronx um, and like the little area that I'm in. Like I just, I've just kind of been like immersing myself when I can, which is kind of easy because it's just like doing research on my phone really into, um, you know, into just, I mean, I'm only there for a couple of days, 
but looking into that stuff brings me a lot of joy. And so I'm, I've been doing that. I also, um, I don't think I told you guys, but I'm going to crime con at the end of September. So it's like a true crime convention. And so they've been releasing the panelists for the last few weeks. And so I get an email every week being like, you know, here are the other three people that we just signed to like be one of the speakers or whatever. And like all these panelists are so freaking cool. And I, you know, already know that I'm going to really want to be in like two places at the same time. Cause it's like, homicide detectives it's detectives that have worked on these like really crazy cases um it's you know survivors of really crazy cases like it's just gonna be like a really really great weekend so that also is bringing me a lot of like joy and excitement and sort of like I find like the excitement of these things is kind of like dragging me into the future in like a in like a fun exciting way you know when like the the weight of the present it feels really really heavy it's like things like this that that are dragging me into the future and i'm really glad that like new york and crime con they're only 5 weeks apart so that that's that's super nice i'm glad that it's such a short distance because it's like okay new york ends and then i kind of get back into like the humdrum of everyday life and then i still have something to to look forward to And it's not, you know, it's not like big things. Like I'm not like going on vacation for a week to Europe or whatever. It's just like these little like Kinga things that make me excited. Um, I'm excited to drive to New York. I'm excited to be there. Fuck, I'm even excited to drive home from New York because it's, you know, it's 10, 10 and a half hours of of just like, just me, just like whatever songs I want to listen to, whatever podcast I want to listen to, stop wherever I want to stop, like it's it's very few distractions i guess and it's like opportunities for for me to refill my like cup of joy and and that's i think the recovery portion of everything that's kind of felt like it's been i've been juggling i don't even want to say weighing me down even though that's kind of what it feels like because i I've, I've had the bandwidth for these things and these are important things and it's work and it's, you know, my family and it's my relationship and it's like the, you know, my antidepressants and, uh, you know, juggling about how I feel about myself and as all this is happening, it's like, okay, yes, all that is true, but what else is true? What else is true is that I, I have these things that bring me so much fucking nerdy joy and, and these are the things that make me just like really fucking excited. And, you know, I don't use drugs and I don't use alcohol. So I I have needed to replace the like uh, emotional and like sort of psychological effects of what like drugs and booze did for me. And, and I, and I have, and I really have to like lean into these things because it's like, these things just bring me so much joy right and find the things that bring me joy and hang on to them and it's like it's hanging out with my family and being with my partner in like a really easy way and like a couple of the friendships that I do have the bandwidth for right now um I'm also being certified to to facilitate breath work and cold and hot therapy and so that's been like you know on my brain but in like a really exciting way like these are these are all 
wonderful, lovely things. So, okay. Okay, fine. At the end of the day, I'm fucking exhausted and maybe I'm a shitty friend and I haven't seen my friends in a while and maybe I'm being a shitty family member and not checking in enough and maybe the past is coming back to haunt me and like, you know, various capacities of my relationship. But also at the same time, I'm really excited for these things that I have planned for myself. I'm really excited about the state of my romantic relationship and it's really lovely and it's playing out in its like own special, unique little way that's really supportive and respectful of both of us and and that's so awesome and I feel really loved and I think I'm doing a lot of loving and you know, my modern family is great and and that's all beautiful and like at the same time that things are feeling overwhelming and heavy and and whatever, this alternate reality is also existing where things aren't that heavy and things are exciting and I feel energetic and I'm amped to, to experience a day. And maybe that's the connect. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once, just go watch it, man. Like I'm, I really, really, really love movies where they mess with like perceptions of time and, and what reality is. And it's, it's kind of one of those movies and it's, it's like a really lighthearted sort of funny thing. You know, I really love interstellar also because it messes with how we perceive time and reality. And that's a little bit heavier, but I think what the, what the point of all of my rambling is that at any given moment, different versions of reality exist. I just have to look for it and I have to I have to keep that in mind that yeah, while I'm sitting here really really tired on my couch, I'm also making the most detailed award-winning playlist ever to prep for the big hip hop show I'm seeing. And while I'm lying here super exhausted under a blanket in silence, I'm also researching hip hop's history in New York City. And that makes me really fucking excited. And I can do that like for hours. And like, it's not just one version of reality that exists for me, I guess. I think the recovery portion now for me is going to be to keep in mind those two ideas. It's kind of that cliche phrase of like, you know, you don't have to, you get to. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not taking an afternoon nap out of exhaustion because I, because I have to, even though yes, I do have to, but I also get to, and I get to like rest and I am crashed on my couch because I'm super tired because I've been mentally juggling everything But then I also get to just like focus on one thing that like I'm really into and whether it be figuring out fun stuff to do or watching a movie that only I want to watch, everything, everywhere, all at once. Does that make sense? Thank you guys for listening to whatever the fuck that was, another episode of Recovering From Everything, a podcast for everyone who has had everything happen to them ever. (laughs) And sometimes that's what it feels like. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I think the moral of this convoluted story is to 
look for the fun, exciting things in your day that do bring you joy. And even if you are laid up on the couch, you know, in between client sessions or or whenever, or you need six hours at the end of your day to have just for you, make sure they really are just for you. You know, watch it, watch a crazy psycho horror movie or eight hours of a series that like, that's just for you and figure out the things that do make you excited. And maybe you seem like a super fucking nerd. And maybe people are like, what in the fuck happens at something called crime con? And then you get to be like, oh my gosh. Okay. So this one panelist, they just announced, blah, 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 blah. There's definitely room for more than one reality to exist at the same time. And I can be exhausted and grateful at the same time. And it just is what it is right now. So I'm going to go back into my little cocoon of transformation. And this was nice, you guys. This was nice. This was like a load off. I feel like I feel like the pressure of recording a podcast is off. And I hope that I think a lot of people will find this relatable, right? We'll see, I guess. (laughs) Oh God. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I love you. And um, that's it.